0: So, What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Set and Forget Podcast. So we got episode two. So before I say anything right now, right, literally, this is the third time. Third time we're doing the attempt for this. First time we had technical technical difficulties. Second time we ended up recording the whole thing. We dropped so many gems. And then when I go to go click at the camera, we only recorded like eight minutes and we went on for like 35. So this is third time. So you got to subscribe because the, the amount of work that we're putting in is crazy. So, Roy, thank you for having us.
1: Alex says we had technical difficulties difficulties but really Alex had technical difficulties oh, <laughs> but I appreciate, you, having no, bro, to I appreciate
0: you coming back for the third time bro I appreciate you what's up No, bro?
1: of course it's really good to be here set and forget podcast everybody this is going to be the most exciting podcast and I'm really excited for you to, to start this mm-hmm. Alex because I feel like your perspective on trading is really something that people need mm-hmm. a more patient approach a more like uh stress-free approach that you've been taking to trading so I'm really happy that you're launching this podcast and I think the people appreciate it too no bro 100 i appreciate that because i remember that my first time ever being on a
0: podcast was with you me and raul we did a virtual podcast with you and ever since i'm like bro i really feel like i did you know give some of my insights to trading and then i feel like if i could do this for a series of whatever six months and i do it every single week every single friday and i could give my insights on how i trade it's gonna really impact people so i appreciate you for you know kind of putting me on to that for sure so talk to me roy we're gonna talk about a lot of things in this podcast all right we're gonna talk about fx summit i then you guys yeah, something big. I know you got a lot going on with the FX summit. <laughs> you can't even hold himself. Yep. We're gonna talk about NFTs. You've made like over like six figures. You made like a hundred, hundred, ten thousand NFTs. Pretty close, pretty yeah, close. So I know you've I haven't
1: a- I haven't cleared the six figures in uh-huh. NFTs, but pretty soon.
0: Pretty soon we're you gonna break this. Experience. Bro, the year just started. You telling me you cleared like last week, like forty thousand, right? Something mm-hmm. that. And then we're gonna talk about a little bit of your journey of you know kind of how you came on. So talk to him about the FX Summit. What do, what do we got coming? The FX so, ladies summit. and
1: gentlemen, the FX Summit is one of the most sought after events for investors, traders, crypto enthusiasts, entrepreneurs. So really, what it is, it's a chance for everybody who trades to come and connect with other people from all around the world who may have different stories, but everybody has similar interests. And that I think is a really powerful thing. So it's seminars, it's a chance for you to learn new information, and it's a chance for everyone to connect in the industry and really get to know other traders and learn from other people. Mm-hmm. I remember
0: when I was um, starting off trading, the first, the only thing I wanted to do when I wanted to like start training i'm like bro i want to meet another person that does this shit like i want to meet another person like yo you lost today on g bro i lost too you know what i mean like i wanted to meet another person that like bro i want to understand because you know i come from aladdin family you told me you're lebanese and like where we or at least from where i come from bro like my parents don't even know how to use their iphone to this day like if they could still have a flip phone bro they would still have a flip phone so like i'm out here on this computer doing all this crazy stuff and they're like tripping out so all i wanted to do was be in a room so that, that you have this effect. Coming, you have all of the big influencer traders. I know you have some, some of the big institution. Who, who do
1: you have coming? Trading View, who else? So we have Awanda Trading View, uh, FX Sway Markets. There are, there's a bunch of market making firms coming. We're in touch with Robin hood Mayor Suarez, the Goat, Mayor Suarez. Shout to Mayor <laughs> Suarez. Looking forward to having you if you end up uh, uh-huh. actually watching this podcast. But for me, it's everybody who is legitimate in the industry in, ter- in terms of creating the infrastructure that we all use to trade, like Trading View, for example. Mm-hmm. Those are the folks that, are, that really want to come and connect with the community. So they're just a, as excited about this event as we are. Mm-hmm. And that's the most like have, crazy thing for have me. Have
0: they ever been at an event like this with like, retail traders like
1: that? No, they've oh, done right. Nasdaq events. They've done events for Yahoo Finance. They've done events for Bloomberg, but they've never come and spoken at a conference like this where mm-hmm. it's a social conference and kind of like an institutional thing at the same time mm-hmm. and then the vip guests, we got uh we got happy hour for like two hours open bar for like two hours <laughs> so it's a whole dinner so we have a vip post-conference dinner at fogo to chow in miami beach mm-hmm. and we have the entire restaurant uh bought out for three hours for ourselves all you can eat all you can drink mm-hmm. and uh come and meet special guests i'm excited bro trust me i'm <laughs> excited
0: and uh, again this is not a paid promotion this guy didn't pay me none of this so <laughs> he didn't pay me no promotion for this but um I'm excited for it to come so I mean um talk to me talk to me about the NFTs you literally just told me right now that what what, what NFTs are you getting
1: into what were they called uh, the angry angry armadillos
0: the angry armadillos
1: See, I can't even say that Exa- yeah face. so
0: I mean I'm gonna tell you what I know about yep. NFTs so obviously I know it's a digital art basically it's verified it's like having like a blue check on Instagram but mm-hmm. you have the blue check for the painting basically you're the only person that owns this um painting because you have the blue check through the blockchain or through the blue sea or open sea whatever and it based it goes up based off of you know the hype that it has behind there the actual asset that comes behind there right so what i know is like i would only invest into one that has an actual asset you told me that they have an actual utility
1: to it right mm-hmm. so you're telling me that you own the the what's the full send one the knock boys one the knock boys is the metacard nft uh-huh and that's like a huge ethereum based project mm-hmm So the difference between that one and everything else is that's one of the first that really gives you access to live events. Mm -hmm. It gives you access to like a live bar that they have in Nevada, and they're going to build like a cigar lounge and some things that are only for people who have the NFT. So really what an NFT is, it's virtual ownership. Mm -hmm. So everyone has a deed to the house, and most of the time it's kind of stuffed under your bed somewhere or in a safe somewhere. Really, it's all going to be on a blockchain one day, because if you wanted to see who owns this house, you could be like, oh, I lost my records back in the day. We really can't work uh, a real system with paperwork that gets lost mm-hmm. so having it on a blockchain means that everybody can go and find it and know who owns what and i think that that is really powerful for ownership because mm-hmm. people can't steal things and fraud is no longer an issue. yeah
0: it's a, it's, it's basically everything everything goes digital right yep. but where notes houses yeah 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 I, I I, um, I forgot this app one of my friends uses it that he has his passport within the blockchain he doesn't even have to have his actual passport he has it digitally whoa. so I'm just like whoa what the and he scans it in the airport everything is legit um, that's awesome yeah but for me when it comes to like investing into NFT so I saw Logan Paul he did like I, I watch a lot of their podcasts and stuff he has three little basic rules right what he does to invest into uh, these NFTs so the first rule is he has to actually like the painting right so he has to like literally look at the painting it looks good because some of these paintings they look weird bro like there's some weird looking paintings out there second he the painting has to have an actual um community like it has to have a big discord it has to have an influence behind it like somebody has to have created this project right and then the third rule would be that it would have to actually have some actual like what you said some utility in real life You know, Mm -hmm. have access to a VIP lounge, or it has. uh, um, You could go meet the actual owner of the thing, or you could go to. It has to have some actual. Alex says he
1: doesn't understand NFTs, but really he does. I do, (laughs) but
0: I don't. Okay, so explain to me what do you look for when you go look to NFTs? Because I've made zero money off it. I know,
1: but that's it. That those are the three main things. Uh One of them is it's for me. It's you. First off, you don't actually have to like the art. Mm -hmm. You know, surprisingly enough, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've liked the art on any of the projects that I've actually made money on. Nice, because I'm not like but you um, like but you like the money you make on it though of course, of course. <laughs> and i think it's better that i don't like the art because mm-hmm. maybe if i liked it i'd be like oh let me hold on to it and see if it goes up or something mm-hmm. because they're so ugly i'm like someone's gonna pay me 10 times what i paid for this so i spent you know 200 bucks or 500 dollars on this nft and someone wants to pay me five grand two weeks later i don't care about this picture I don't care about this picture. Take, it, take it yeah you make like 20k or 30k on one project and you're like these are the ugliest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's like you said, if they have a large enough community, if there's a big enough interest on social media or just in the NFT space, people are going to gravitate towards a project. So that's what I look for is do people want this stuff? And if nobody wants it, if no one's lining up for it, well,
0: how do you know if people want it or not? Because it's like cryptos. With cryptos, it's different. You know, if people want cryptos, you could go, you, you, you can see the market cap. Could you see the market cap when it comes
1: to these NFTs or how does it work? Yeah, of course. So if you go to magiceden.io, mm-hmm. that is the, so there's two ways that you guys can buy NFTs. You can either buy Ethereum projects or Solana projects. Solana is Ethereum's competitor. Mm-hmm. And depending on which project you're going to buy, you have to go to two different websites. So for Ethereum project, it's OpenSea. Okay. OpenSea.io. Yeah. And then for Solana-based projects, it's Mm MagicEden.io. So you can go to Magic Eden and you can look at the tradable volume on every single project. You can see how much total volume, like total money, has been moved in and out of the project. And then you can go and see all the last sales. Mm -hmm. And so the last sales is the most important thing that you can track. It's like, okay, people are listing it for really expensive. Is it really going to sell for that much? When you go to the actual sales, you see what is it selling for today? So like five minutes ago, someone sold it for 20 Solana you know that you could probably sell yours for the same because that's the price that it's going for. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's real time. And then what differentiates, let's say,
0: somebody with a real project out there than me, that I, whatever, I go on Fiverr, I get somebody to sketch up a regular drawing, I get a hundred of them. I tell the guy, yo, make me a hundred different ones. I go on Magic Seer, Open Seer, whatever. And then I post it up and I'm like, I want to sell them for 10 ETH or 10 whatever. Will it sell or will it not sell?
1: If you The thing about these projects is if you do one project, you actually can make a ton of money. The thing is, if you don't do anything responsible with that money or you don't do anything useful or you don't give the people something to do with the NFT, then the next time you drop a project, your community is going to go to zero. And so the main thing is that the ones that are being you know, built by influencers and people who have clout is they can't risk their reputation. Uh-huh. So after they make this project, they better do something useful with it or uh-huh. else like the Gary V's and the Nelt boys... They're not really going to have the same followership. Yeah. Now the Nelt Boys are doing an incredible job with the community-based aspect of it because they're letting you come to live events. That's the game changer. Um, so people were kind of worried about what they were going to do, and they hit it out of the park. So I think they've set the gold standard. Uh, if you guys are watching this, big fan. Yeah. And I'll see you guys pro- in March. Huge fan.
0: All right, hold up. So giveaway alert. So for those of you guys that don't know, I do a giveaway every other video now. So all you got to do is like, comment and subscribe. This guy right here, Juan, bro, literally by just commenting, I literally refresh my comments. I see his super nice camera. I'm like, you know what? Let's give this guy 500 bucks. So Juan, make sure to DM me so you get your giveaway. All you got to do is like, comment and subscribe. Just be subscribed. There's going to be a video every single week and you get to get access to a giveaway. You never know. So let's carry on with the video. So my parents are neighbors with Steve will do its personal driver. And I've been telling him, like, bro, like, we'll we'll set up something later. Like, bro, I'm like this close to, you know, setting something up. But I'm, I'm super excited to, uh, to meet those guys. So you're not really interested in building your own NFT. You kind of want to basically hop on
1: a project, make money, and then hop off. So you're trying to get me to say everything on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're
0: trying to get it to everything um, <laughs> no, building,
1: We're definitely going to be building something for the community. Awesome. Um, but we have to figure out how to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, if you don't find a very useful thing to do with the NFT, then people are just going to lose interest. So for me, the most important thing is that people feel like they're getting enough out of this thing that they want the community aspect. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're building. Um, But for now, I just want to get rich. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trading trading is a percentage based game. Yeah. And you don't get to choose. Well, I guess with everything, you don't really get to choose when they go your direction. Of course. But I feel like the NFTs are a passive income stream. So before I was like, you know, I want to make money trading and just invest in NFTs and invest in crypto and stuff now an NFT project might do great. Now I have capital to do anything. Mm -hmm. I can invest in crypto and fund another account and just do whatever I want to do. So for a lot of folks that are struggling with their trading, because it takes time to learn the psychology, NFTs is a great way to get your small pile to actually turn into something that you can then use to start your trading career. And then you said something very, very, that I remember from
0: yesterday. What was it that you said about the projects that any project they try to kill and it doesn't what was the quote you said okay, yesterday? So
1: I was talking about investments, and I said anything that's supposed to kill an investment that doesn't, that's an investment you want to watch. So like, Ripple is a perfect example. Perfect example. Because they're under investigation from the SEC, but it hasn't killed the project, and the community is stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. So it's like the cockroach in a nuclear war example. It's like you want to bet on the cockroach if the way you win the game is who survives. Yeah. So
0: that's that. that I, I literally that's one of the things that I remembered from yesterday because it's kind of like the whole dot-com thing, the, the whole dot-com bubble that happened. Right um so that's that that's pretty interesting and then when did you shift into this whole NFT space how long ago because you've been trading for how long
1: i've been trading since 2016 2016 so it's actually not unnatural for me because i started in crypto mm-hmm. so i went from crypto then in 2017 i got into fx and then in 2019 i ditched fx and started trading indices okay right so i did gold in 2019 yeah, SPX 2020 and then nasdaq is something that i settled on since 2021 and, kind of and then
0: 2021 22 has just been FX, Summit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been FX it's, Summit. That's been the most, the biggest <laughs> priority. The NFTs really didn't, uh, it really came like five months ago, mm-hmm. is when I bought my first NFT. And then um, I got into a really big project that ended up going crazy called the Bored Ape Solana Club. Okay. And shout out to you, Austin Collins. But uh, Austin is one of our crypto educators. He's the one who told us about the project. I snagged like, I snagged almost 20 of them. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty cheap at the time. They minted for. Point seven? It was point seven. So it was like about seventy bucks. Seventy bucks. Seventy dollars per picture. Okay. Right? How many did you get? Uh almost twenty. Almost twenty? Yeah. How much did they sell for? Uh one of them sold for six K. Six K? Yeah. One of them was because it was a rare and so all NFTs had a rarity to them. Mm-hmm. Depending on the features that the picture has, it has a rarity rank based on, you know, if there's a thousand of those pictures, it'll be like one through fifty, right? Or fifty through a hundred. And you can judge how expensive it is based on how rare that thing well, is. What makes it rare? Uh, the uniqueness of the feature combinations. So the colors or some shit? Yeah, basically. Like you have like a like some some like a hat and it has a gold chain and then it has a thing. And the other one has a hat, a gold chain, but also like one missing tooth. And none of them have a missing tooth and a hat uh, together. Okay. And because that combination is rare, it makes it worth a lot of money.
0: I'm super artsy, bro, so I know about <laughs> the whole entire thing.
1: <laughs> no, I'm waiting I, for your NFT. Uh, <laughs>
0: no, I'm definitely, Um, I've been stirring some things up. I've been kind of thinking of some things with Raul. We want to, you know, kind of create something, but we want to get more educated into the space. Kind of get the other projects, you know, rolling good first and then move on um, over to something, right? Like, I, I like getting, whenever I like working on any projects or anything that I like doing, I like finishing it have it fully work 100% with my attention but doesn't require my 100% creativity and then I move on to another project right because I kind of did that like I would have three four projects open at the same time and it wasn't the same like everything was a mess you know I like finishing one thing and then moving on to the other so um, For sure. I'll probably look into it pretty pretty soon so talk to me about your journey right so I mean we all go through the same journey right we all go through the losing winning losing and then you know we're here today right so I mean I'm sure we have similar journeys we come from you know not the best place so what's what's your kind of journey like when you came because you came to the States, right? When you Mm -hmm. were nine, I think you nine. Okay. So talk to me about that.
1: So I was born in Lebanon. Okay. Moved to the States when I was nine, uh, lived with family, then ended up moving to Virginia at some point. Um, Didn't speak English. So I had to learn English. That was, that was a trip. You didn't speak English. No, not a word. I spoke Arabic and French. Those are my native languages. Okay. Yeah. So learning English. was. Why why did I
0: think you spoke English in
1: Lebanon? (laughs) (laughs) There are English speaking schools. So (laughs) when you go, you're learning Arabic as the main language and you either go into a French school or an English school. And I just, you know, my family was, you know, chose the French side. So I learned French. So I came here, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do, went all through school, whatever it was, played sports, went to college, in college. I started getting into finance and accounting. Um. I'm going okay, to have to say it. <laughs> so I, t- I tell people I changed my major from, account- from uh, accounting to finance, but really I didn't have the grades to get into accounting school. <laughs> so I went. It's all right,
0: bro. I barely graduated high school. You're good. Just right, <laughs> go. Now I feel bad. You're good.
1: Um, but luckily, I think it was like the right thing for me because mm-hmm. finance ended up being way more interesting. Uh-huh. I have friends that ended up doing accounting and they freaking hate their lives. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't go down that road. Um, I went and worked at a, well, I had a bunch of jobs, but I went and worked at uh, Merrill Lynch, uh-huh. Bank of America company as a wealth manager. I managed, you know, a, a seven figure portfolio, private uh, family money. So different families, they put their entire life savings with us and we are not supposed to mess it up. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. So that t- was pretty t- Talk about pressure. <laughs> yeah, serious pressure. Um, and then I really just got like more and more successful with trading. And I realized what I had to do to quit my job was to like save up a certain dollar amount. This is something I hadn't thought about before because everybody says, you know, at chart addicts They're like, I want to quit my job. I want to quit my job. I'm like, okay, well, how much do you need to quit your job? What's the dollar amount? I don't know. Like, how are you supposed to aim for something if you don't know? Of course. So you have to find an aggregated number. Like, what is that number that you need to quit? Is it six months of, uh, of runway? Is it 12 months of runway? For me, it was 12 months of runway and then some. Because I really didn't feel comfortable. Oh, wow. Yeah. okay. So I had to like, I just kept saving, kept saving. And I was having success, but I would just put it to the side. I'm like, not yet. Not yet. I don't want to be one of those stories. Like I quit my job, go trading. Oh, shit. I had to go back. (laughs) (laughs) So I really had to make sure that I was ready to leave. And that's something that a lot of folks um, need to understand is like your timeline is going to be very different. And if you have a goal in mind, it might take you one year, two years, four years. Keep pushing towards that goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's something that, that I, I get asked all the time. Oh, how long did it take for you to get profitable? When did you start seeing the difference? I'm like, bro, like... There's no right answer to that. I know everybody seeks the same, uh, oh, after a year. And people expect, oh, after 365 days, boom, I'm supposed to be constant. Like, it's not like that. You get me? It's not like a job. Oh, you work 12 months and you're going to get a pay raise. It's not like that in trading at all. It's different for everybody. QBank says he got profitable after six months, right? I personally, myself, didn't see any results after a year and like two, three months. A whole year, two, three months, I was negative. Blowing every single account I deposited was just zero, zero, zero every everything so then after about a year one month year two months then i stopped blowing accounts meaning my account stayed either positive or the negative positive but then i i maintained my account and that's where i realized i'm like oh shit like i'm still in the game i don't keep getting kicked out this whole risk management thing is is like the secret you know what i mean it's like the secret to trading and then after that i started realizing i had a pretty big payout from these funding companies and then that set me aside to where i had about i want to say a little over half a year maybe like eight nine months right of my bills at those times right um covered so then literally all i had to do was just wait i didn't have to do anything all i had to do was take nice trades that were worth the risk and then i just simply sit back and relax when i had my eight to nine months covered i put myself in a position where i literally asked myself i'm like yo i could turn off my computer and not get back on for nine months and i'm good like i don't have to trade i don't got to do nothing and then when that kind of hit me like when that clicked in my brain when that light turned on i'm like wait why shouldn't i have been doing that you know what why don't i only take trades now that are worth the risk you get me so any position that i entered literally every single position since that day forward i asked myself is this trade worth risking my profits that i have that pay my future bills like is it Mm -hmm. worth that car payment for example my car payment is this trade worth risking my car payment yes or no if it's not then i don't take it i don't have to take it you get me i already have the money secured on this side so once i entered that um that mindset just the money everything just started it's literally a snowball effect everything just started growing everything just started getting better and um I feel like that's something where people kinda like want to get there so fast. Like people don't mm-hmm. see the journey. You're telling me you started in twenty sixteen, but you're right. talking what, like six years already? About mm-hmm. to be six years. People kinda wanna skip that hurdle. They see the whole social media. They see the whole, oh, he's already making twenty, thirty thousand. I'm like, bro, but I've lost twenty, thirty thousand, like multiple times, right? right? So now I'm just in the build the process of making it back and now enjoying the fruits of my labor, but I put in the work, right? A lot of people want to kind of skip that or get a cheat code, find the next secret thing. They keep looking for a new mentor, a new course, and I'm telling you, that's not going to work. Like, there's no, sure. like, bro, can tell you his strategy. I can tell you my strategy. He can tell you his strategy. Like, it's all going to be the same at the end of the day to a certain extent. There's no secret key that he has. There's no secret key that I have. It only comes down to consistency. Pick him, pick him. All you got to do is hit it every single day non-stop if you get big down bro if you're already
1: going through hell I might as well keep going like there's no point in it, stopping. it's consistency and experience like I, I really love how you broke that down mm-hmm. from the outside i think people look at it and they're like oh he just succeeded out of nowhere mm-hmm. like people think they're gonna go from blowing accounts blowing accounts blowing accounts to making 20 30k in a week because they have a funded account the way you broke it down was you went from losing to break even look like oh, okay i'm not i'm not losing trades anymore now i can keep going then you went on to the next stage and the next stage and now you have such like an understanding of your trading people got to go through the process people mm-hmm. are always trying to rush they want to go from blowing the account to making 20 30k and like that's make one dollar and make like one dollar that, first
0: that's almost like not even fair because it's like bro why did i have to go through it and you don't you know what i mean like bro i can give you my whole not even i could give you wait whatever let's say my example i'm pretty fit not that fit anymore i'm kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of fat but when i used to be fit i can give you my whole entire gym routine a through z and i can give you my whole entire diet just mm-hmm. because you pull up to the gym doesn't mean you're gonna get the abs, like bro. You gotta work out, and then not only work out, you gotta hit the cardio. And then when you leave, you can't pull up to McDonald's in the drive-through. You gotta hit your your proper diet. So why is it? Why? And after you have to do that for
1: six, yeah, 12, yeah, fourteen months yeah, before so, you see the results. So
0: let's say you do that for two weeks, yo, Alex, bro, what the fuck, dude? This shit's not working, bro, dude. How long you been doing it? Two weeks? I'm like. Dude, you're almost like disrespecting me. You know what I mean? Bro, I did that for six months. I didn't complain and then I got my result. You know what I mean? So I, I also feel like some people don't have like the proper mindset, but it's something that you got to like build up into it that you kind of got to get because it's like, bro, if I went through it, you have to go through it as
1: well. There's no going around it. You know, why don't people trust processes? Like if you I, tell them, here's a workout routine. Here is what I did do this why are people not they're still still, like hesitant they're like "Ah, is it
0: true is it true i'm like bro dude i don't know i don't know some
1: folks are scared of like wasting you know let's say six months trying something so they'll waste six months not trying anything yeah they think six months is a long time because you tell people bro i i tell people i
0: encourage people bro go demo for a year you're crazy bro i don't got a year bro you'll be three years negative losing money by not, t- by not being one year. They-, they think one year is too much time. Like, what do you mean you don't have a year? Yeah. If I
1: told you, you could be a six-figure trader at 50. Bro, all right? I all day. like, I know 50-year-olds today that are not making any money yeah. on trading. And if <laughs> yeah. you told them if they could be a six-figure trader today, they'd be like, yes. Yeah, 100%. Like, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. You will appreciate learning the skill
0: set. I think it's FOMO. I think it's just FOMO all around because mm. you were like, bro, what do you mean? The markets aren't going to be here a year from now, bro. I'm telling you right now, the markets are going to be a year from now. Too- I'm telling you, if you pull up to the markets or not, they're still going to do their thing.
1: There, there's going to be a market and they're going to be around longer than you. Yeah. If you're watching this at home. Yeah. So stop worrying about, oh, are yeah. currencies going to exist? R- do read some history. <laughs> Take 10 minutes and say history of currencies. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. see how long they've been around, loving yeah. their grandparents, grandparents. Like yeah, yeah, they are yeah. not going anywhere. I I
0: personally think people don't want to wait that time because I think it's more of like like FOMO. They think like, oh, bro, in a year, it's just I I I, I in a year, I'm already, i already want to have it. I don't want to wait that long. I'm like, bro, dude, if you want to shortcut it, like you're gonna you're gonna run into so many more hurdles for no reason just by wanting to hit the shortcut. So I mean, what do you think social media does for trading? Yeah, social media is really bad, bro. It's terrible, even for me, bro. When I when I was learning how to trade, um. I I di- I deleted my social media. I didn't have a social media. Like this whole entire whole social media thing is kind of like new to me. You get me like I I just started going public with it like recently, right? But the whole social media, it's very damaging because it's like, bro, if he's making that amount of money, I want to be there too, mm-hmm. right? And like it happened to me. I saw um Sean, Sean Lee. I was in the same exact cells as Sean Lee, bro. Same exact cells. Sean cleared like 50,000 and I was up like 50 bucks and I'm like Fuck this. Next (laughs) trade, I'm upping my lot size. I lost. You know what I mean? It's very damaging because you want to chase those profits. Like, bro, if he have it, I want to have it too. But then, you know, I had to understand he has a bigger size account, more experience. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just like, it's very damaging because you get sold not false dreams. You just get sold dreams that you think you have access to just because you can see it. Just because you can see it doesn't mean you can get access to it right away.
1: You just got to build up to it. I think people got to understand the time thing. Like, Mm -hmm. social media is great for inspiration. You get on there and say, damn, that is cool. You know what? I do want that. Yeah. And you know what? I do want 150K trade. But does that mean I'm going to get it now? Fuck no. Okay? no. <laughs> I am on the no, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But, oh. um, but really, it's like you have to put in work. So somebody, it might take them six years. And somebody, yeah. it might take them six months. Q, Q said it took them six months. For me, it took me longer. You know, you said a year and a little bit. Like bro. A, it took me a while. Yeah, Because yeah. for me, it was the psychology. Like I had never dealt with money and losing money and like for me, losing money was a bad, like really, really bad. Brilliant. So anytime I lost $100, $200, I'd be sitting there like, you know, I could have done this. I could have done that. <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm like, that's 10 Chipotle bowls. That's 20 Chipotle. <laughs> like, what am I thinking right now? Uh-huh. Uh, um, rewiring it and thinking about probability and thinking about it as like percentages really changed my game. Everything, 100%. Even you, the, it's yeah. exactly what you were saying. It's yeah, like yeah. the different size of the accounts shouldn't affect you if you understand your game. If you
0: can can make 10% on a 10K account, you can make 10% on anything. I can tell you right now, bro, just trade normal. Do your thing. And I can have your regular account linked to a $10 million account. And be like, holy shit, I made 5 million. No, bro, you made 5%. It's the same thing. It's just linked to a different size account. It's all percentage based. You know what I mean? Like, I can tell you right now, trade this $1,000 account. Just make 5% on it. Oh, fuck it. It's just 50 bucks. You don't care. But realistically, I have that linked to a $10 million account. and say, yo, you just made 500 grand bro what do you mean because you're attached to the dollar that's value. a crazy perspective by the way the set and forget podcast <laughs>
1: changing mindset
0: so we got about 30 seconds left we're gonna hit them with a part two so i appreciate you guys watching the video all the way to the and make sure to like comment and subscribe this is the third time we did this i hope make you make sure
1: to click like and <laughs> subscribe to the set and forget podcast hosted by fx
0: i appreciate Alex you guys G. for having on video every single friday we're gonna have a new guest and we're gonna be talking about psychology trading and entrepreneur how to make money so make sure to see you guys every single friday take it easy guys